What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. Steve Denovi and I do a preview of the Ghost Strong Hoosier Cup that is taking place in downtown Indianapolis at Indy City Barpel this weekend. And we were not sure if we were going to do a preview for this meet, but then we saw the roster, and the roster is stacked on the male and female side. Uh, winner from both sides gets a ghost strong combo rack. Second and third place gets some money back. So those are for best overall lifters. And when we looked at the roster, it is going to be close. And the competition here rivals something like the Arnold, uh, one of the pro competitions at the Arnold in the USAPL. All these lifters are drug tested lifters in the USAPL or the USPA and a few other feds as well. So this meet is going to be extremely interesting. Uh, seriously, on the men's side, there could be like nine lifters who could potentially place within the top three, and the female side, like five or six who could play, place in the top three. And yeah, we thought it was necessary to do a preview. We go in depth on a lot of lifters, not all of them, but in depth in a lot of the top lifters who are competing at this meet for the male and female side. And I'm very excited to watch this meet. The preview got me more excited. Two White Lights will be at the meet. I will be commentating the live stream. So I'm excited for that. I get to watch all these competitors up close in a personal live, catching all the action. And very excited to see this. Uh, Garrett was on the show way back when. We were talking about what would lead a mass exodus from the USAPL to potentially the USPA. And this meet was one of those things. And there are a lot of USAPL lifters who are competing at this meet. So preview we will probably cover the rest of the meet like within the week as it goes but yeah really great preview episode for the ghost strong hoosier cup make sure you are tuning into that this saturday and sunday two-day meet but before we get into our episode i got to talk to you guys about left love bros ladies and gentlemen go to leftlovebros.com follow them on instagram and check out the merchandise they are releasing so much good looking T-shirts, designs, even going beyond the T-shirts, the hats that they even have. They got the best merchandise, people. I'm not lying to you when I say that. I am telling you the truth. I don't I don't give false compliments. Everything that they release looks awesome. You're going to look good in the gym. You're going to look good outside the gym. You're going to look good on the platform because they got all the merchandise you need for all those different things. And you can save yourself some money if you use promo code 2WL15 at checkout. You can get all this great merchandise for a discounted price if you use that promo code 2WL15. Best powerlifting discount code out there. Save yourself some money. And also, you're obviously a Two White Lights fan because you're listening to the show. They have Two White Lights merchandise on leftlarbros.com. That's right. So exclusively on leftlarbros.com, you have Two White Lights merchandise. We got... The original tee, the Fight Night tee, Dad Hat, you know, you name it, they got it on Left Floor Bros. Use that same promo code 2WL15. Buy yourself some Left Floor Bros. merchandise first, then 2 White Lights merchandise, and use all that same promo code to save yourself some money. Also, go to RivalNutrition.net. That's right, a little bit of a name change from the company, Rival Nutrition. They might have changed your name, but they still have the same supplements that are informed choice that's right informed choice supplements are important for all you drug tested lifters out there you want to make sure you're taking the right stuff so you don't get popped for a little drug test and 
That informed choice is going to help you because they don't have any banned substances. So make sure you're getting the pre-workout branch amino acids, protein powders, you name it. Rivalus has got it. Also, make sure you are going to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform. And the only reason why, it's the best. It's the best. It's the most affordable. You won't break the bank getting your knee sleeves, singlet, or wrist wraps. And they are fantastic. The high, highest quality knee sleeves and wrist wraps I've ever used. So make sure you're going to use promo code ANGELO10 at checkout to save yourself some money on Stoic Gear. That's going to be found on Lyft.net. Also, make sure you are following Notorious Lift Slippers on Instagram and sign up for their newsletter. You guys know that no slip drip is a real thing that they have the best deadlift slippers, and on top of having the best deadlift slippers as far as material goes, it looks fantastic. The color waves that they have, the designs that they have are fantastic, and when they have a drop, you do not want to miss out on whatever they are selling because you're going to find something, I guarantee it, that you are going to love, and they sell out super quick, and you're going to be upset. Your day will be ruined if you don't get notorious lift slip, no-slip drip slippers the color that you want. So make sure you are signing up for that newsletter and don't miss on those drops. Also, make sure you are following Two White Lights on Spotify, subscribing on Apple Podcasts, leaving a five-star rating, leaving a review as well. That helps Two White Lights greatly. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. It is Monday, May 17th, and I'm joined by Steve DeNovi, and we're going to do a thing that Two White Lights loves doing, and that's preview a meet, a big meet. Yes, sir. Indy City Barbell, uh, Go Strong Hoosier Cup, uh, better known as, and yeah, that is... A meet that was highly anticipated for a while. We talked about Two White Lights. We had Garrett Fear on the show when we talked about uh, a potential exodus from the USAPL. What would cause certain lifters to leave the USAPL and join the USPA? And this was brought up as that meet because the Go Strong Hoosier Cup is drug tested. Yes. Um, and it was obviously it was, a, it was a great option that got brought up from just nationals being a bit limited. So we definitely have some people who are decently top-level national competitors in USAPL going over, um, but also a bunch of really high-level drug-tested USPA people. It's, it's a good mix, and there's going to be a lot of interesting caveats here as we kind of talk through kind of predictions and whatnot, because, like, you've got USAPL lifters coming over using deadlift bars, getting 24-hour weigh-ins. Um, it's, it's just interesting. It's, it's a different factor kind of bringing that all into play of kind of what we'll see there, and there's some – Big things up for grab. I know first place, men and women get a uh, ghost combo rack. Second place, I believe, is $500. And second or third place is $250. So money up for grabs here. And we, we're going to talk about it. But we're, I mean, to say who's going to be top three is not easy. This mm-hmm. is a pretty stacked meet. I mean, if you, I, I, I panned out the top 13 men and women. 
Top 13 men all have a 480 plus dots. Top 13 women all have a 4430 plus dots. So um, men in particular, literally one through seven is only separated by seven, seven dot points. Yeah. I was curious how this meet was going to shape out based on what we've seen from Raw Nationals, where a lot of the high-level lifters from the USAPL actually got in, and where that would leave this meet as far as certain lifters just being motivated to do it. And still, with the rosters that I've seen and what was sent to me, it is going to be a super competitive meet. And really, it was a meet that I was excited for but also unsure if we were going to do the whole recap or preview recap of the meet and when i look at top 13 this is about as good as it gets with a local meet or one of those uh primetime sessions that we're looking at i would i would say this is pretty like especially on the men's side this is pretty darn comparable to like let's say like one of the arnold meets whether it's the pro american or like the the raw challenge um, this is pretty comparable in the sense of kind of like competitiveness and like who we see here. Like, I, I mean, some of these people competed at the, the pro American raw challenge, like Johnny Candido and Cole Wagner. Um, it's very similar in the sense of the competitiveness, competitiveness there. Cause usually the, usually like the, the Arnold has a lot of the top competitors, but not just like the best because they typically will go to worlds and they skip the Arnold so that they aren't doing two meets back to back. This is kind of like, this is right at like, if you see raw nationals, there's a lot of guys here that would be battling for like, top five to top 10. And you alluded to at the beginning, it is interesting because you have a lot of USAPL lifters, but also kind of mixing it in with the USPA lifters as well. And I actually had a few um, WRPF competitors there too. So we have a lot of drug tested lifters, but I, I don't know in recent memory if I've seen a meet like this, where you actually get to see the battle between the federations and how a certain federation might help you in a cer- certain circumstance or might hurt you in a certain circumstance because it's going to be interesting to debate who's got the upper hand here. Is it going to be the USAPL lifters? Is it going to be the USPA lifters, WRPF lifters? Who knows? Because they do have a certain set of rules that actually makes this sport a little bit more unique than the rest because it's like, it's, it's actually a little bit more extreme than the DH in uh, baseball where you just have that little change from the American League to National League. This one it's like you it's really a different competition once you get the 24 24 hour weigh-ins and the deadlift bar. Yeah. Um, and that, that obviously we're going to talk about some of them. I mean, some of that's going to help some of these lifters even more versus <laughs> some not so much, but I know like I mean, I'll just throw one of them out there already. We already know Michael Cole DPHO. We've talked about him on the podcast before cuz he's a he's a fellow Surge to New Levels member as well as he did the Midwest Primetime. Um, we've seen him do uh, USPA meet and there was a significant uptick based off of being able to use a deadlift bar and how much he was able to cut to kind of work on Wilkes points. So, and we'll talk about kind of like projected dots based off of that. Uh, it'll be very interesting. And as well as like, there's some people here that I, I didn't really know a ton about because I guess, I mean, I think you're kind of similar to me. We probably don't follow USPA drug tested super close. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some people coming over from USPA drug tested that I, I didn't know a ton about, um, men and women that are very, very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is why it's good to cover the entire sport of powerlifting because then you get to kind of find out who exactly is uh, a lifter that you can learn something from, but also a lifter that you're impressed with. Because, yeah, when I saw the rosters, I knew a lot of the names on it, but also they're just names I don't know. And 
it's going to be good because when we do the preview shows, we become a little bit more aware of these lifters who might not get either the shine or the fame that, uh, or the spotlight that other lifters might get. And this is a way to give them that spotlight, but also the fact that they had another dynamic in of two white lights, myself being there to announce it. I really get to see these lifters in action and kind of create a little bit more research prior to the meet because uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I will be following all these gentlemen and ladies when uh, I, but prior to me going out there. Yeah. And that's something that doing, I mean, I think this is already talked about, but uh, if you didn't know, um, Angela will be there announcing. Yeah. I'm excited. Announcing for- on the live stream, correct? Or are you announcing, are you emceeing the meet? Announcing am, on the live stream, I believe. I am doing the live stream. So more of uh, information for that are going to come out. I will obviously post a lot about on Two White Lights on my own personal page, on the links and all that stuff where you guys can view this meet. And based on what I've seen, it is going to be a viewable meet. And there is a primetime flight that's going to be happening as well. Uh, haven't talked to Garrett about the specifics of that just yet. But by the time this episode is released, you will see the primetime flight. So it is going to be a really great meet for even the spectators and fans of uh, the sport because they actually get to view it in a professional setting. So I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited to see some of these lifters. And really, like you said at the beginning of the show, this is one of the most competitive meets I've seen as far as it being, I guess you could qualify this as a local level meet. I mean, national level lifters, but a local meet uh, in a sense, but the difference between dot scores from nine through one is very, very close. And it is going to be extreme. Like the only time I think I see something this close is like you said, the Arnold and potentially some national, uh, competitions and in certain weight classes, like it is, yeah. I mean, it is razor close. Yeah, and since it's dots versus weight classes, obviously we combine a lot of these people because they range anywhere. I mean, the people that are like on the guy side, the ones that are really looking to be in contention anywhere from 75 kilos up to 110. On the women's side, anywhere from 48 kilos up to 82 and a half kilos are all in contention. So it it spans all these different weight classes. But like there's going to be some people doing some math. I mean, when it comes Mm -hmm. down to it Um, and uh, when we go through this, kind of how I laid this out is I went to each competitor's last meet they did that was raw if they'd done a raw meet. So some of these lifters had had maybe a better meet, but maybe it was like two or three years back. I'm not counting that. I want to go for recency bias. Um, and obviously, too, like if they've done a raw meet, some of these people have done raft meets. So that kind of puts a little uh, aspect of we don't know exactly what they can do raw outside of just looking at their training. But yeah, all the stuff I got was their most recent meet that was raw, um, whether what federation they were in, um, got the dot scores. So I think also I have a little a little uh, section here I just copy and pasted. Might do a little projection too, um, live as we're kind of talking. Because we'll probably talk through some numbers here and I'll kind of work through projections and do dot scores and kind of see how that kind of plays out. Um, Because there's definitely some people here that I've already kind of ran some numbers on. um, And their dot score with one, just their training improving and or two, the differences when it comes to being able to weigh in lighter or being able to have a deadlift bar, anything like that is going to drastically change it. So it's going to be hard to say who is like the favorite when all of these people are so close. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, picking a favorite in this meet, um, I think on the male side, I think with the female side, I think you can pick a favorite on that side. But with the male side, saying there's a favorite is going to be extremely difficult. Like, we can make our picks, but 
eh, I don't know if they're actually going to be uh, if they're going to be accurate when it comes to Mite. Yep. So you want to get right into it? Yeah, let's go into go the men's side. Okay. So on the men's now, like I, I don't want to leave anyone out. We can't talk about everyone. Um, we basically, I got the top thirteen, and then from that, and looking at training to see how training was going. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people that look legitimately like they're going to battle for top three spots. Because that's that's what this meet comes down to is who's going to be in the top three men and top three women. Because that's where we're going to get placing. Um, so people that are right on that border who very well could knock on the door. We very well could be wrong, but I, I see a little bit of a gap there. Um, that are kind of in like nine to thirteen range. We got Zach Ramsdell, Sean Ambrosio, Cole Wagner, Devin Williams, and Caleb Miller. All those guys are four eighty dots, but it's gonna it's looking like you're probably based off of some projections, you're probably gonna gonna have to go five thirty dots or higher to mm-hmm. win this meet. Yeah, probably five fifteen plus is gonna be top three. I'm I'm gonna guess it's gonna be like. 5.30 to 5.40 for first, 5.20 to 5.30 for second, and like 5.15 to 5.20 for third. Um, and within that, we've got eight lifters, Dwarvery Edward, Jacob Kilgore, Ronald Tarvin, Michael Cole Pietro, Ben Poor, Johnny Candido, Trevor Bolas, and Justin West. That based off of training and most recent numbers, look like they plausibly could be pushing that 5.10 dots number um, based on how the meet goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and also with just watching some of the training footage recently, um, there's some guys there who I think might make a substantial jump. Uh, actually, the guys we have rate, rated at uh, eight to eight and nine right now, I actually think just based on what I've seen from the training recently, can make a jump potentially into the top three. And that is uh, Trevor Bull, uh, Bowles, hopefully with Trevor and Justin. Right. Yeah, Trevor and Justin are like right now. I think they can really jump into that top three range. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Trevor. I believe he's coached by Sean Noriega. I think. Uh, hold on, let me check. He here. just Is squatted Trevor... six seventy something. Yeah, we have a few. Have a few guys being coached by Sean Noriega at this meet. But yeah, I mean, that, we we definitely have more. Yeah, Cole Wagner, Trevor. I don't know. If there's if there's some others, but I know at least those two. I know Sean was definitely promoting some of his lifters going to this meet. But yeah, Trevor, I believe is coached by um, Sean. Every single one of Trevor's numbers, his current best is 661, 319, and 672. I believe in the gym he's hit 670, 345, and 690. Mm-hmm. So if he does that, let's throw it in there. 670, 340, let's go on the low end, and 690. Even some of these were pretty easy. Like, let's just, again, we're just going to do some projections based off of conservative estimates. If he does those... 1700 at 82 kilos, 523 dots. Yeah. And right now he's project. he can't, he's coming in at 508. So again, that's why I'm saying like, you're probably going to have to go 530 plus Justin West. It's kind of hard to tell with him. Um, I didn't know much about him until looking all this up, but he competed at Ron Ashles in 2019. It kind of looks like he took maybe a break. And he's back now, and I think the one main training video I saw is a 600-pound squat that was easy, and his best in a meets 556. All right. So um, I don't know enough about his other list, but let's say he squats 600, adds a little bit to his bench, and then adds a little bit to his deadlift. That's 1675, again, at the same, at the same uh, 
body weight as uh, uh, blanking here as Trevor. They're both eighty two and a half kilos, five sixteen dots. Yeah, that will that so might get you top I'm, three. I'm changing these as we go along and talk about them because we'll kind of figure out these dot scores and then re rank these lifters based off of projections. But both of those guys look like they're going to have a significant uptick. If I had to choose one to have a coming out party, it's going to be Trevor. Because yeah. his trainings look like it's gone amazing. And that squat in particular at 670 looked like that was like a second attempt at most. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually really curious to see how he does. Just based on his training videos, I, again, one of those lifters that I didn't know much about, and then I kind of stumbled across their Instagram page. I actually didn't even know he was competing at this meet till recently. And, yeah, he could definitely make a way into the top three. Actually, even based on that, I, I say top three, he could win. He could win because, yes. I, I mean, looking at all these competitors, like, it is such a toss-up with who's going to perform and so those that's eight and nine right now, but at number seven you have Johnny Candido, and that's like I think eyes are going to be glued to Candido because one he's Johnny Candido, uh, the one of the uh, most important figures in powerlifting, but also this is his this is the meat that is you know that is the full transition away from the USAPL it looks like this is this is I guess a political statement meet from Johnny Candido where uh, he had his issues with the USAPL. Now he's doing USPA meet. And I think he, I don't think he could have picked a better one. Um, unfortunately, I don't know about what his recovery has been like since the injury, but I don't know. I, don't kn I know he's been shooting for 1,700 for a while, uh, for mm -hmm. about two years now. And coming off the injury, I don't know if this is going to be the meet that gets him there. Yeah, it's – I mean – Everything he showed with his recovery, it's going well. I just don't know how well. I mean, I think he just squatted 570, didn't he? He's, I think he posted that yeah. somewhere. Maybe it was a story or it was on Instagram. I think he squatted 570 decently easy. Uh, here's 550 at a 7 RPE, April 27th. I mean, super easy. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, he did squat 570. He squatted 570 April 1st. Okay. So he looks like, I mean, his best lift in a meet is 611 for squat. Yeah. That's looking like he's going to be able to do that again. I believe his bench has gone up because he hasn't had to sacrifice bench training because I think he tried to make an attempt at 405 maybe and he just missed it. So let, let's say he squats the same. Let's say his bench goes up 10 pounds. And let's say his deadlift goes up like 20 or 20 or 30 pounds. Maybe that's, I don't know how his deadlift's going because he hasn't posted it, but he does get to use a deadlift bar. Yeah, that's exactly um, it. For, like, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with the deadlift bar for him because I, I mean, his deadlift, de deadlift has always been solid, but I just think that just him understanding no, uh, him understanding the deadlift is going to help him with that uh, potential gain that you're going to get. And he hasn't posted anything with the deadlift bar, but I assume he posted that barbell curl video with his dad i don't know if that was recent but i wonder if he's been going back to the gym to use the deadlift bar but let, let's say he goes 700 he very well that's 1696 with the numbers just putting out again that's right at that 1700 mark 523 dots i'm pretty comfortable saying that if not more i mean if he comes back full strength and he can beat those numbers i mean he could go even higher but i think 1700 is very doable for him which again, if we're just taking the base minimum of 181 weight class and doing dot score, 523, which puts him right with Trevor Bolas. And again, all of those are higher than current dot scores. 
And I think that uh, it'll, it'll be very interesting. I mean, Johnny's going to bring in the views because it's Johnny. Johnny's the Johnny's the king of the live stream. He loves that being the king of the live stream, too. Uh, I know a lot of people watch just for that, but I, I think he's probably – he likes to be on the download sometimes and come surprise us. I think he's doing that. Yeah, I really hope so. It would be great for this meet to be the meet that he uh, totaled 1,700. And being a lifelong USAPL competitor, he gets that 24-hour weigh-in, which I know he's not the biggest 83 – kilo lifter where he has to drop down a whole ton of weight but 24-hour weigh-ins could really help you especially with the woke score or the dot score especially at this meet because you know he can afford to go in a little bit lighter if he wants to you get a full 24 hours to recomp and try to try to up your numbers a little bit or try to up your dot score and and this meet that's going to be important so I think every advantage that he hasn't had in the USAPL he will have at this meet so it would be great to see him total seventeen hundred. Yeah, and I wonder if he's gonna. So, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting too. Does just Johnny take advantage of that and do like a little bit of a cut? Obviously, he's competed at a lower weight class before. I am looking here. I'm reading through his caption. He said maybe I can squat six thirty plus. Yeah. So he's got some pretty high expectations. So, like I said, I'm pretty comfortable with saying seventeen hundred. Like I, I don't want to do crazy uh, projections here for anyone because I want to at least be conservative, like feeling confident they can hit that. I mean, Johnny's a gamer. He's gonna if if it, if if the strength's there, he's gonna bring it on meat day. I mean, outside of the little hamstring issue, like the dude doesn't really miss lifts. Um, so when it's talking about being in a battle and actually having to uh, perform, he's gonna be there. I wonder if uh, Mother Teresa of Gaines is coming out to handle him too. Usually, he comes out to handle him, so he's gonna have someone who's experienced uh, handler as well on his side, being able to make those attempt selections. So. Yeah, I, I fully expect Johnny to be in it. I would love, love to see him go 1,700 plus. Yeah, and the hamstring in, er, injury he had wasn't, you know, a severe, severe injury. So coming back from that, I think he's definitely more than capable of putting together a meet that's going to be 9 for 9 and to his expectations. Because it's not like we're talking about like a knee surgery or something or, uh, or like a, a torn adductor or a torn quad, like, I think, I don't even know the extent of his injury, I don't think it was a fully torn hamstring, right? No, it was just, it was, I don't believe there was actual, like, blood, blood pooling and whatnot, it was just a pretty bad strain, um, so yeah, I know he's still taking it easy with ramping up volume and intensity, but he seemingly is past that and, and doing completely fine right now, just has been a little bit more silent on kind of how his bench and his deadlift is going. So we see a squat. I, don't, I see a, it, it looks like he's going to squat 6'11 plus. We'll just have to kind of see on his bench and his deadlift and just assume it's it's going well. So, mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, I would say one of the more interesting ones because he's a lifelong USAPL guy. But another uh, USAPL lifter at number six, we have Ben Poor, uh, collegiate national champion, one of the best young lifters in the game right now. And right now his training looks fantastic. He, it looks like just based on his training videos, uh, what he's hitting in the gym, he's already surpassing a lot of his meat numbers. Um, I I guess maybe bench, I don't know exactly about his bench, how that's progressing, but squat and deadlift, I can almost guarantee we're going to see an improvement upon that 650 squat and that 705 deadlift, which again, will put him in serious contention to win. Yeah, so he's in the gym. He's hit 661 on squat recently. He hit 730 on a deadlift bar, and he three-count paused 419. So let's say he can 430 a regular pause. That's 821 
and the 198 class, 534 dots. Even before doing this, I was already was probably going to pick him as one of my favorites to be in the top three. Um, that kind of solidifies it, though. So projected 534 dots. I said it before. I think 530 to 540 is probably going to be what you need to win it. I think he's going to be for sure in that battle and probably one of the favorites to be top three. Because he can also grind out a deadlift. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he hit five, 730 in the gym. Even though I'm putting 730 down, I, I'd expect him to be able to pull more than that on meet day because he usually is a pretty big gamer on, on deadlift come meet day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, he has some solid progression on all three lifts. Um, you know, bench, I, I'm i curious. He does have a tendency to have his ass pop out from the bench, so I'll be keeping a close eye on that when I'm commentating. But, I yeah, I would agree with you. One of my favorites to win this thing and really his improvement on his lifts have been fantastic and really it looks like he does get a lot out of the deadlift bar it looks like he has a very he's had a very good transition from the stiff bar to the deadlift bar um i actually believe he might have said to me that he enjoys the squat bar more based on a few training sessions that i had with him that he actually likes the squat bar and also i don't think ben is known as being the biggest 93 kilo lifter in the world so i think again him competing at 90 24 hour away and that is not going to really affect him, and I think, again, he can cut a little bit lower and try to help that dots score out a little bit. Yep, and that kind of leads to the next one, because some of them are projecting is I don't I don't know what everyone's going to do weight-wise. We do know with Michael Cole DiPietro about what he's going to get to weight-wise. Yes. Yeah. He has done a wrapped USPA meet, and so we've seen what he did in a meet on a deadlift bar in comparison. We've seen what he did with that 24-hour weigh-in, and with that, that projects him very nicely. And he doesn't post much, but fortunately we have an insider who gets to see him train. How is his training going, Mr. Fortino? His training is going well. Now, I don't get to see him all the time because he does split time between Surge and his other gym. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but um, he does split training time between the two. But here's what you can count on with Mike. He is a fantastic, consistent lifter who is extremely who's extremely disciplined with his technique and his progression and everything that he does. Like he's I think an underrated lifter within the USAPL already. I don't think he's talked about a lot uh, within the 74 kilo weight class. Kind of hard to be talked about in that weight class because it's such a it's so top heavy, but I've competed with him two or three times and seeing his progression as a lifter has been fantastic and he's starting to really nail it. Like, I've seen the improvements, and most recently, especially with Midwest Primetime and transitioning to the power surge, he did that meet on, like, two weeks' notice, too. He had a week to recover from Midwest Primetime to power surge. So that's, like, the craziest thing, is that he went into this meet where you have a big-time USPA lifters there, a lot of them, you know, not tested lifters, and he went in and took third and bought home some money. So that was fucking incredible, and just hopped on it and just went into wraps really quick and just killed the field, really, when I don't think a lot of people were expecting him to do that. So he can do that, but this is an entire prep, and I think every advantage goes to him. He's going to be able to use that power bar. Um, that's a big advantage for him. I think with 90 kilos and below, they're using a, uh, a, a power bar for that, so squats shouldn't be affected. I just spotted him on a 584 squat that looked beautiful. 
his bench looks fantastic as well. I think he's going to definitely surpass a 347 bench. I think I spotted him on 160, and that moved really easy. And deadlift, for sure, has a better deadlift with a deadlift bar. Absolutely. He could definitely, I think he is going to shoot for 700 or 705, and I'm confident that he can get it. He was he was getting there at power surge. He attempted it, missed it, uh, almost at lockout. But it was a fourth attempt, so a little bit gassed. I think he can do it uh, with the whole prep and you know him 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 not doing a meet two weeks before, one week before yeah. this one. That one's big. That's big. That's big to me. <laughs> if, if he so I don't he, if people look at this, they're probably not thinking much about Michael Cole DiPietro because he doesn't he doesn't stick out like a Dordley Edward Ben Poor Johnny Candido. I think that's probably more our listeners are probably looking at those names and thinking that that's that's the people if he does anywhere near those numbers you just said, he probably wins this. Yeah. And he's our best example of what we can maybe expect to see because like I said, he did the Midwest Prime time like three weeks later, no a week later, did the surge. In raps he hit six oh six. His bench, 347. His deadlift, the week before, he did 639 on a stiff bar. And then the week after, he did 672. If, if we just take his squat and carry it over so it's not in wraps, he goes from a 514 dots to a 538 dots. Mm-hmm. In the, by having a 24-hour weigh-in and by having a deadlift bar. So about a 24 dots improvement. So, like, again... You have a little bit of insider information. I'm going to go conservative and literally say if he just replicates the like 585 squat, 350 bench, 672 deadlift, weighs in at 158, that's a 538 dot score. That currently puts him number one based off of our projections right now. Yeah. We're going to have to see what the next three lifters, but that puts him number one with way more room to improve because he's not doing a, a meet one week prior. So let, let's say 540 dots. We'll give him a little bump to bench. I'll say 355. Um, and we'll say deadlift 680, a little bit bump there, a little bit bumped each one of his lifts, 540 dots. We're going to have to see what Dordley Edward comes out to. I think I kind of know where Jacob Kilgore and Robert Tarver are going to be because they have competed USPA, and I think they've competed fairly recently. Um, but we'll kind of talk about that because I know Jacob Kilgore's got a little question mark on his deadlift that we'll have to talk about. But, yeah, Michael is – I would – put a strong bet he's top three and we'll have a chance to pull for the win. Yeah. And I think I, I would, I would for sure think that, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in his abilities right now. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure he's going to do that same weight cut that he did for power surge. But that's another thing about him. He's fantastic at every aspect of powerlifting. Like if there's information that you need on how to weight cut, he's the guy to talk to. He's excellent at weight cutting and recomping and, you know, he did, I did not know he was going to cut down to 158 for power surge. I laughed my ass off when he did it because he told me how low, like how light he got and I was stunned by it, but he didn't seem to be affected by it at all. He really had an easier time with the 24 hour weigh in and kind of getting to, you know, what he needed to do to compete and have a really good performance. And yeah, based, based on that, I'm, I'm very confident in Michael, uh, uh, at this competition, I think every advantage goes in his favor, and um, and yeah, he's turning himself into a little bit of a mercenary here. He's done his last his next three meets that he's done are all money meets, and they're all meets that he's taking like 
just based on, I think, prize money alone. Uh, I think he told me flat out, like, this was more attractive option for him to Nationals because he actually might get to win something. He wants some money at Power Surge. He wants some money at your meet. He might just make a career out of just going to different meets and winning some money. Yeah. The most under the, ra- most under the radar money meet winner there is right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I gotta respect it. I love, I love seeing that. And of course, you know, I have a little bit of a bias there because I've been competing and training with him for such a long time. But that's that's how, that's why I'm confident in him. I've seen him do so many great things from where he's. We did a Chicagoland uh, Raw Challenge or something. Our like my first, our I think it was both of our first USAPL meets. And since that meets where he took second. He's only gotten he's one of the most improved lifters I've seen. Like he's so good at the sport of powerlifting. So I'm excited to commentate that and watch him compete in action. Um and our actually our next two gentlemen, I think you might have a little bit more information than I do on them. Ronald Tarvin and Jacob Kilgore. Yep. So I, I looked into them a bunch a bit today. Ronald Tarvin, he's been competing in USPA. Um he just kinda had he he, he Put in quotations as super meet. Like he had a huge beat in December where he went at weighing 218 raw, 705, 451, 677. 35 total. That was like a 60, 70 pound jump over his best meet. Looking at his training, I don't see anything that would warrant the fact that he's going to go way over that. Like, maybe he can chip some of those numbers. And like I said, maybe we're wrong, and we're literally going off of Instagram. But I don't, I don't see anything necessarily that says he's going to blow that out of the water. Um, his bench looks a little bit better. He hit 465. Um, it looks like he hit 711 on squat. And then deadlift, I don't see any kind of max test. But let's just, let's just give him a little bit of a bump on each. So if he goes 711 on squat, he goes 465 on bench, and then deadlift, let's say he adds a little bit, that puts him at 1861. And if he's 1861 at 220, 520 dots. And that's where it's kind of, it, it's where it's a little bit interesting. He, like, we're, we're projecting a lot of bumps to a lot of these USAPL guys because obviously they haven't competed under these before. And before people jump to saying, oh, we're USAPL elitists, like, I'm not even thinking USAPL elitists. I think we're literally taking what we saw with Michael Cole, DiPietro, seeing the bump literally a week after he did a meet, he had a 24 dots increase going to USPA with a 24 hour weigh in and having a deadlift bar. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not even a, like wanting the bias towards USAPL. That's literally what happened competing one week after not even prepping, just throwing himself into a meet. Unfortunately, I think Ronald Tarvin, he's already competed under these conditions. He is unbelievably strong, but just projections, like I, we pretty much expect him just to kind of chip what he's done versus there's a lot bigger question marks for some of these USAPL lifters being able to have these 24-hour weigh-ins and these deadlift bars. So if I'm throwing that in 520, like I'm having projected ranks here, that takes Ronald from third based off of current dots, brings him down to fifth based off of our projected dots. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing that maybe that's factoring our decisions here is like I just haven't tracked his career to where I where I could give a reasonable uh, reasonable projection or reasonable um, uh, forecasting of his meet. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of the guys here that I'm talking about a lot of, 
I have some information on them. I've seen them compete. I've seen some of the progression from meet to meet for uh, Ronald and Jacob. I just haven't. And I don't doubt they could do that. Just follow them on Instagram. And they're obviously two extremely strong competitors. And they're the heaviest competitors uh, within that top nine that we're talking about. Uh, 110 and 100 kilo weight class. So with that, you know, dots might be a little bit affected, especially with some of the lighter guys who might, you know, use the weight cut to their advantage. Um, they can too, but the lighter you are, the better your dots is going to be. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what uh, what he can do. Um, uh, yeah, just curious on, you know, how, how to improve that deadlift. Squat is monster and so is the bench, but how to improve that deadlift is going to be big. And I think, does he? It's the same gym. That looks like the gym Jawan Garrison trains at. I can't tell for sure. If it is, yeah, it is. So he, so Ronald Tarvin owns the gym Jawan Garrison trains at. Okay. Well, that's some good information. So there's, some, there's something in the air there. Yeah. <laughs> Just stupid strong athletes. Yep. So yeah, Ronald, I'm projecting, I, I think... Based on his training, it's going well. I, I think we can project a little bit of a bump, but not anything crazy just for the fact that he's going to compete under the same conditions. So, uh, Next up, Jacob Kilgore. It doesn't look like he's ever – he's competed raw one time. And actually, it was a deadlift-only meet. So he's never competed raw, it doesn't look like. Um, he's also going – okay, so this is interesting. It looks like he, last time he competed was at 198, so 90 kilos. He signed up at 110. Okay. So that is a big, big weight class jump. It does look like his lifts, because I was going to say, I, I've looked at his lifts. He's hit a 633 wrap squat, I believe, based off of open powerlifting, and he's been squatting 600 for triples. So I very much assumed he was going to be able to squat, like, what, like 640-ish in sleeves? He does a lot of variations, so it's kind of hard to tell where his bench is at. But let's say he adds a little bit to his bench and goes 425. Deadlift was the big question mark because he's pulling 800 with straps. And his best deadlift in a meet, or his last meet, was 694. But I guess that makes a little bit more sense if he's gone up 20 kilos in body weight. Because that obviously makes a massive difference. So even if we give him a big bump and go 750 on squat and say it's there, um, if we plug that in he's going up to 110 so 242 that kind of changes things so 815 at uh, 242 but let's maybe say he's gonna be a light 242 that brings his dots down a good deal let's say it's at 500 so that, that again that's a question mark because I don't know enough but he obviously assigned it for a weight class way above what he's done in the past mm-hmm. yeah that would change some things that's for sure. I guess he's the most, he's like kind of the biggest wild card for me. Just based on wraps, some of his lifts we've seen in the gym, like I really don't know what I'm going to get with him. I'm not saying he's inconsistent, I'm saying more, I just don't, I don't know much about him to really uh, to really expect something, uh, to expect certain, uh, a certain performance from him. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing, I guess, like I said, all of his lists look like he's at PR strength, but that sounds like it might be because he's going up to weight classes. Um, so he, he would have to add 
he'd have to bring that 800 pound deadlift. Like he'd have to deadlift 800 to probably be in the running for top three. Um, if he's going up to weight classes. So that's just, that's just one of those question marks. Like I, I don't think we know enough and that's where Instagram's not going to tell us the full story. Um, he undoubtedly looks like he can go 500 dots plus, which is going to put him in that top 10. The difference between top 10 and top three though, is he's going to have to find a way to probably go 1900 plus if he's at 110 kilos to be, competing with some of these guys who are probably going to be throwing 530 to 540 dot scores out. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that's going to be breaking into that 530 to 540. I think it's going to be extremely important. And uh, yeah, we then, you know, we can just talk about uh, Duard Leodard on, on his performance now, because I think right now the ceiling for this guy is high. It's, it's, it's really high, and I think it's been that way for a long time, within the USAPL even. Um, I, I've competed with him. I think I think we were on the same flight twice for Raw Nationals and the Arnold. And the dude's a beast, and I think him being USAPL lifter, transitioning to USPA, you can really put, potentially see some massive gains here from him, and I... I wouldn't be. Su- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he really gets above that five thirty-five to five forty-five range, potentially a little higher on his on on his uh, dot score. But he's a guy where I think, just based on some of his meets, I I'm curious to see how USPA meet is is going to treat him because I think you know within the USAPL maybe some of the advantages that he doesn't have it hurts his performance. Yeah, he's a big dude, so I assume being able to have that 24-hour win is going to help. Because he, he is typically jacked. Yes, so he, from what I've because I've had some people compete in like his class and whatnot. Like I had Peyton Ireland compete against him because Dorley Edward won juniors 93 kilo at 2019 Raw Yeah, he actually tied with Bob Matthews and Connor Borkert and won on body weight. Um, and I've had some people competing like in that junior class with him, so I've kind of kept tabs of him. He typically hasn't hit in a meet what he hits in the gym. And I think that might be one because of the weight cut Two, he tends to have a little bit of an issue with squat depth. He's had some red lights on squat depth. Um, but with that, I don't know what his bench is at right now. So I'm not going to project. I, I, it's going to be hard to project his bench going up, but his best meet or his last meet, at least what he hit six thirty. He did USAPL. He hit six thirty nine on squat, missed six seventy two, hit a four oh seven bench, and then hit a seven thirty eight deadlift in a USAPL meet at winter records. That was his be- uh, basically ties his best meet to date. His raw nationals meet is his best meet at two thousand nineteen. But let's say like it seemingly he can go six seventy five on squat. I think I'm pretty confident with saying that's there because he tried to do that at winter records. Um, and it seems like squat's going well now. He hasn't post much bench, so I'm just going to say 407. But then let's say a deadlift bar, he is able to get up to 750 because it looks like he just hit 683 for a triple pretty easy. So let's say 750. That's 832. That puts him at 537 dots. Mm-hmm. And that kind of rounds it out. I mean, that's honestly, if you were just asking me, that was about, well, there is a shocker. I was, if you would have just said on paper who's going to win, I was going to pick Dorley Edward first. Ben Poor second, Michael Cole, DiPietro probably third. After doing these numbers, we've got Michael first, Dwardley second, Ben third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, if Michael goes in there and wins it, I don't think anyone expects that. 
Oh, uh, no. I don't think that either. And I, I actually, I will say right now, he is my favorite to win. I I am picking Michael to win this. That's my prediction for it. And, yeah, I, w- I would have probably went, I guess, initially looking at this because, you know, again, I'm a little bit biased towards Michael. I probably would have picked him first, Dwardley second, Ben third. But, yeah, now I'm more on the line of Michael first, Ben second, uh, Dwardley third. Yeah. I have no bias. I like Michael, but I'm not giving him any extra brownie points here. Like, I could have given him a 700 deadlift thinking he could do something crazy, but, like, I barely gave him any extra, and he has the highest dot score. So, again, it looks like, well, actually, top three, you're probably going to have to go 530 dots plus. That's what it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. Top three is going to be 530 plus. Top five is going to be around 520. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but that pretty much, I mean, we went through projections for each one. That pretty much wraps it up. Bringing it all together, we got Michael Cole DiPietro first, Dwardley Edward second, Ben Poor in third, and then we got Johnny Candido and Trevor Bolas tying for fourth. All right. Well, that's our that's that's going to be the predictions here. But if I had to ask you, who would you pick as your winner for the men's side of the um, of the Go Strong Hoosier Cup? Who would you pick? Michael. I'm going Michael right now. All right. So that's two for Michael. So he is two by lights choice to win um, the Ghost uh, the Ghost Strong Hoosier Cup from the men's side. And can't wait to call this action from the men's side. It's going to be fantastic to watch this razor-thin competitive uh, competitive battle between all these competitors. It's going to be like fantastic. We also got the females uh, who are coming in. I don't think it's as close as far as competition goes as the males, where there's literally nine people who can you know, jump into top three and, you know, potentially nine people who could win this thing based on, you know, mislifts. But for this one, I think we got to narrow down to about uh, two to three, maybe four to five as far as females go. Yeah, so we definitely have two women from what I can see that are separating themselves that are going to battle for the win. And then we have about four more, four to five more that look like they probably be at third spot. Now, there obviously can be changes. We've talked about this in prior past podcasts. Women seemingly don't want, don't have the same egos as men, shocker, and they don't have to post every lift they ever do to be able to tell us what they're doing in the gym. So a lot of times we can't get as much information. Um, but yeah, it looks like we've got Steph Powell and Julia Williams are going to really battle for that first place. And then for third, it's going to be a mix of Christina Ryan, Mallory Brown, Landry Pedden. Might be saying that wrong. Brittany Chown and Jaslyn Pepper. That looks to kind of be the round out for who's going to be in third. Um, Steph Powell and Julia definitely looking at that first place, though. Is they, they kind of have separated themselves of being like 500 dots plus. Christina Ryan, I couldn't find her Instagram, as well as the meet. She has a 496 dots, but that was a raft meet. Okay. So I'm going to, just because I, I don't know. I mean, but since the wraps, I'm going to have to bump that down a bit and say maybe it was more like 480 to 485. And that's where, like, she's definitely going to be, based off projections, and we'll go through projections with Julie and Steph. Based off of projections, Julie and Steph are probably looking at 520 plus, where I see Mallory and Christina around that 485 range, and then Landry through Jaslyn probably looking at, like, 470-ish range, mm-hmm. based off of just what we can see on Instagram of what they're doing in the gym. 
Yeah, yeah, you got some real strong competitors competing at this, but what I do see is a lot of them are competing uh, within the USPA, um, just based on just the uh, numbers here or the uh, the federations here. We have a lot of W, we have a few WRPF, a few USPA lifters, and not as many USAPL lifters. So I don't really know how to factor in the advantages uh, with this going from female to male. Yeah, and looking at a lot of these female competitors, I can't really factor in the advantages the federations would make. Because on the male side, we have a lot more USAPL competitors, uh, knowing a little bit more of them personally, but also knowing what the USAPL could possibly bring to a competition um, with the benefits of two-hour weigh-ins and the deadlift bar. This one, we have a lot of USBA competitors, uh, a few WRPF competitors as well, but we're only looking at one, two, uh, three... Four? Four, maybe, uh, USAPL competitors. So this one's going to be really interesting, really seeing the battles between the two. Well, even with that, I mean, if we're going down the entire, we have 13 people. Let's just give them all a shout-out real quick. we got in the top 13, based off of dots coming in, we got Steph Powell, Christina Ryan, Julia Williams, Mallory Brown, Landry Pedden, Brittany Chown, Jaslyn Pepper, Carmen Hugh, Antoinette Iwaglu. Hopefully Melissa we get that Mason. right. I have to figure that out myself. Haley, yeah, you're going to have fun with that one. Haley Blankenship, Liz Strain, and Brittany Metzer. I can already tell you, even though we only have four USAPL, Liz Strain and Mallory Brown have both done USPA in the last year as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, even though the um, Liz Strain's most recent meet is USAPL, but I think recently before that she did USPA, Mallory Brown, her most recent meet actually is USPA, but I didn't count it because it was a raft meet. So Mallory and Liz actually both give us kind of a, a good understanding of that transfer. Let me look up Liz real quick. I don't think it made a massive difference. Like if we're looking at Michael, so let's look at Liz. So she, Liz did get about a 28-pound bump to her deadlift. No, no, if they take her deadlift there, 385, and she did 402 at USPX. She got about a 15-pound uh, bump on her deadlift. Um, Mallory got about a 10 pound bump on her deadlift. And so that's, that's pretty common because a deadlift bar doesn't do as much until you start getting into that six to 700 range. And it helps a lot. It seems to help a lot more also if you're sumo deadlifting, but more so like that six to 700 pound range is where we start to see that kind of slack you can get out of a deadlift bar actually making a pretty significant difference. So I wouldn't expect on the women's side for it to be some kind of night and day difference like with the guys where we might see 30 or 40 pounds added to their deadlift because of a deadlift bar. Yeah. Um, as well as most women, just because they're lower weight class, they aren't cutting as much in the first place. Like they're not trying to cut 10 pounds for a meat. So they, they probably aren't going to get as much of a boost from a 24-hour weigh because they're probably not going to be able to manipulate the percentage-wise how much they're cutting down. So, yeah, not only do we not have as many transfers over, it probably isn't going to benefit them quite as much as we are going to see with some of those guys who can manipulate that a bit more. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. And there's some really great competitors uh, kind of rounding this one off. Um but I think, I mean, once you start looking at top three, just who could break into the top three, I would say the cutoff here would probably be, like, ranks nine from one, or possibly eight from one, was starting with uh, Carmen Hugh, which Carmen Hugh is one of those, like, sneaky, strong lifters where, again, not really active on social media, but once the competition rolls around or once, you know, you start seeing training being posted, 
just a really, really strong competitor. And I think that dot score is just going to continuously improve. Don't know about top three just yet, just based on the, the competition that's coming in. But yeah, right there, I think it will start. Uh, even the women are below her beast, too. I know Haley Blankenships are really a pretty good competitor. Um, not too familiar with the rest of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think starting from nine up, that's where you might get what? top three, top five. Let's start working with Carmen. She has a 352 squat. She just hit 353 at a nine. So let's say she can go like 365. Let's give her, or yeah, 365. Let's give her a little bit of a bump. Um, bench, let's see what she's got here. She just hit 198. Let's see how it moved real quick again. It moved decent. Let's say, let's just call it 200. And then for deadlift, I don't know if I saw. She hit 391 by two, and she hit 397 by three. So let's give her a little bump on deadlift. So maybe she can bring a little bit more. So let's say 413. That's coming out to copy and paste some things over here. And 978 total at 67 and a half kilos. 67 and a half kilos, 130. I got to do my math here. So she goes 975 at 148. That will be a 458 dots. So we'll plug that in there. 458 dots for her. Um, that's going to bring her to about where Jaslyn and Brittany are. But let's kind of, we'll kind of go through Jaslyn and Brittany and kind of see how they project up with kind of the boost based off of their current training. Yeah. But, with, yeah. Well, with Carmen, Antoinette, Melissa, and Haley, they're all very close competitors in that sense. So I think just trying to, uh, you know, maybe compete along with each other, that's going to be extremely close because looking at their dot score, they're separated by almost nothing. Uh, 449, 448, 448, exact same stat score, uh, 442. So I think just on the, the competitive spectrum there or the competitive sphere, they're going to be just competing with each other. But, um, yeah, let's move on to Jasmine Pepper right now, a USAPL competitor. Not too familiar with all of her lifts, but based on that 562 dot score, she can definitely jump into the top three. Yeah, so she recently hit a 353 deadlift in training, which she described as routine now she has hit 353 or 352 in a meet so let's say we go up a little bit to 363 for squat i don't know if she's posted anything super recent with the big squat let's see here and nothing too recent with squat that could make us know that she is noticeably going to do a lot more bench though i believe i saw she touch and goad 182.5, she's done 176. So, yeah, it would be a bit tough. Like, again, we don't, unless we're going to see something on social media that's going to point otherwise, if we give her a little bit of a bump to, let's say, 309 on squat, 182 on bench, because training's seemingly going well, and she's competing at 52 kilo. Let's see where that's going to pull her out to. So, 854. 52 kilo is going to be 474 on dots mm -hmm. is where I see a possible base off of her training. And what we can kind of come from it is kind of her possible projection and top end. If she has just a great day and all those things come together. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I think maybe I, I what would you say would be top three for this one? It would probably have to be three looks like it's going to be 480 plus 480 plus. I think 480 plus is going to have to be top three. 
top two is going to be over 500. Because really, I mean, it, like I said, top three is probably going to have to be – we're going to get to Mallory Brown, but Mallory Brown's already at 478, um, and that's without equating in the fact that that was a USAPL meet I'm taking from. Um, we got Brittany and Landry around that 464 mark, and we'll see if we look at their training – well, Landry we couldn't see. But, yeah, Julia and Steph – are looking like they're going to go 520-plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about 6 and 7 right now, Brittany and Landry. They're both in the 82.5 kilo weight class, and I think, again, if you're maybe looking at like just sub-competitions between the two, those two are super close. Uh, I know Brittany Town, longtime USPA competitor, massive, massive deadlift um, at 479, and I think she could possibly take a spin at 500. I, I think that's... I'm assuming that would be her goal for the meet, but yeah, big, big deadlift. Um, and when you compare the two lifters, you have uh, Landry with a 413 squat, uh, Brittany with a 429 squat. So she has the edge over there. Uh, big bench from Landry with uh, 231, and Brittany's best is 192. But then on the deadlift, uh, Brittany has, a, I, I think, the big upper hand there. So that is going to be an interesting battle there, and... Um, I'm a little bit more f- familiar with Brittany's training, just really good stuff, and has been competing in USPA for a long time, drug-tested USPA for USPA for a very long time. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's going to be, you know, if they don't break into the top three, I think the battle between just who wins that weight class is going to be um, pretty interesting and pretty intriguing. Yeah. We did, I couldn't find Landry on Instagram. Maybe I was missing it, but I found Brittany. She did pull 495 fairly easy recently. So um, she also benched about 10 pounds more. I think she benched 204 fairly easy. So if I've got her projected to basically bump up all of her lifts by about 5 kilos, um, that's putting her at about a 480 dot score, which is where that's going to kind of put her, if Landry's in the same boat, that's going to put them with Mallory and possibly Christina. Again, I, don't, I couldn't find Christina on Instagram. That's possibly going to put them with Christina as that kind of battle between Brittany, Landry, Mallory, Christina, and Jaslyn for that third, third spot. They're all going to be in it. And you always talk about deadlift gets the final, final call, and Brittany is going to have one of the biggest deadlifts along with Steph Powell at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They're both going to be the two that are possibly can be going 550-plus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited to see or 500 that. plus. Yeah, I'm excited to see that, and I think um, yeah, again, that's where deadlift becomes really important. Is that final pool? that final pool is so important, people? You know, I know deadlift specialists get a bad rap sometimes, but when you get the final pool, you hold a huge competitive advantage on a lot of the lifters. So um, let's move on to Mallory, uh, the winner of the Midwest Mid uh, Midwest Prime Time. She is. Seemingly just like switching off between feds and even like divisions here. She's done a she's done I think one wrapped meet. Has done most of her damage in the raw category. US USAPL looks like she's definitely okay with doing USPA meets. Um, yeah, one of those competitors where I know the potential there and competing a lot, competing a lot recently. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of just the amount of frequency competing. Um, I said on a previous show, I think within the March Madness ones, like when lifters start competing too much, that could really slow down a little bit of progress they may have with taking a break. But this is a meet where I think she's definitely a strong contender for breaking into that top three and winning herself some more money. Yeah. 
So she just hit a 380 kilo total in the gym this week. And I'm pretty sure she hits about in the meet what she hits in the gym typically. Mm -hmm. I know that's kind of what she did at Midwest Primetime when she did at her last meet. Her last meet is not what's on the sheet because it was a raft meet. But like I said, we can kind of get some ideas. She, she was able to deadlift about 10 kilos more on a deadlift bar. She just, deadlifts, she just deadlifted 375. She squatted 308. And I don't see her bench, but I know, she, like I said, she said she did a, a 836 training total. If she was to do that, that's a 492 dots. Yeah. And that's where that would be, if she's able to get a 490, 492 dots, that's where probably her and Christina Ryan are going to separate themselves a little bit into that third place. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. Um, yeah, I think uh, 490 dots is definitely within the realm of possibility for her. But I, I mean, but when you jump into the t potential top to, to one and two, um, I see a potential coming out party for Julia Williams here. Because already yes. a fantastic competitor, but I think this will let people know that he's a fantastic competitor, this meet alone, where he has a chance of winning it, but also putting together a meet that's going to open some eyes. Whenever you're at a 500 dots, you know, you're know you going to get recognition and praise for what you do. And based on her numbers and based on her training, it looks like she can do it. Yeah, she just recently competed in... November, but seemingly since then, she's made some significant progress. She squatted 347 there, and now she's hitting, I got to do the math real quick, 160. Okay, so she squatted 347. She just hit 352 for a triple. Mm -hmm. So she is talking about squatting 400 pounds. Let's say we even go on the conservative end and give her 385. That'll be the starting point. On bench, she just recently hit 100 kilos, so 220, and her best bench in a meet was 220. So let, let's just go conservative and say she does that again. Deadlift, I haven't seen her post much outside of a pretty heavy triple. She hit 400 for three at a 7 RPE on a deadlift bar, and her best deadlift on a stiff bar is 430. So let's say 440. That is... 1,045 total at 132 pounds body weight. That's a 526 dots. That would bump her over Steph Powell's current dots of 523. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like you said, that's the coming out party. Like we kind of talked about Julia because she's doing the showdown. And she maybe kind of was like the under the radar person because when you've got Julia, Ashton, Daniela, and Sean, Julia kind of gets left out of that equation a little bit. But this meet might bring her back into the, bring her into that equation where people are not underestimating the fact that five twenty six dots is going to be highly highly competitive not only at this meet but at the showdown. Yeah, I think if you if you win this meet or even come top three, I think that's that's a huge accomplishment because we're we're looking at the competition that's going to be at this meet and it's it's quite close and there's some high level competitors competing there. So yeah, I agree. I think this could be Julia Williams big, uh, coming out party. Um, in, in just a sport of powerlifting, uh, don't, and it's going to be interesting to see your future within the sport, because if you're doing this meet in WRPF, you know, where does that leave you as far as federations go? Is, is that going to be the route that she takes? But, um, it, or is, you know, drug tested USPA going to be her federation that she competes in and, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. I think that's one thing I enjoy, uh, just spectating a meet or just being around the sport, is someone 
coming out of nowhere and putting together this performance and like getting their reposts on King of the Lifts or getting their recognition from other people um, is something that I like seeing because the more the merrier, the better comp competitors we have, the better the sport's going to be. And Julia Williams looks like he's on that doorstep right now of being that lifter. Yeah, and that's where it's going to come down to her versus Steph Powell. Um, we're skipping over Christina Ryan because we just don't know much about her. I did not find an Instagram. She did wraps. If she makes some improvement and she's in sleeves, I think she's probably going to be competing with Mallory for that third spot around that 490 dots mark. Steph Powell, she's hit 402, 192, and 507 for a 523 dots. Um, so in training, she looks to be hitting about what she's hit before, just a little bit better. Yeah. So she she said she tied 412, ties her best training uh, gym lift, but she moved it easier. So that seems to be a PR in the sense of ability. She hit 507 deadlift in the gym. She's hit 507 deadlift in a meet. I don't see any bench training, so it's hard to say if she's made any improvement there. But based on what she's doing, it looks like she's on – because she just competed at the hybrid showdown. So we have a pretty good recency bias of what she did. Like it's mm -hmm. not like she she – of all these competitors, she's competed most recently. So if we give her a little bump of two and a half kilos on squat and two and a half kilos on deadlift, so let's say we see a little bit of improvement there, that's probably going to bring her, I think that's, let's see, 11.13 at 1.48. Is that right? I don't know. I think she weighed in a little less. She weighed in at 1.45 before. So let's say she weighs at 1.45 again. 529 dots. Mm -hmm. If she's able to weigh in the same amount and she adds five kilos to her total, again, we've already said it, it's going to, it seemingly is going to be a battle between her and Julia Williams. And about that 525 dots mark seems to be the sweet spot of who goes over that. Yeah. Yeah. And Steph's going to have the last pull. She's going to probably have the biggest pull to meet. She's going to have the last pull. Um, fortunately, I'm going to assume just based off of flights, her and Steph are going to be in the same flight since they're only like separated. They're just one wet class away from each other. So that's going to be nice in the sense that how flights are going to span out. They're probably going to be pretty close, mm -hmm. um, no matter what. So yeah, it's, it's probably going to be, be, have Steph a chance to pull for the win, but it's going to be Steph first Julia for taking home that go strong rack. It looks like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full agreement with you on that one. Uh, I could see. I can see both of them going over 525, and it's going to be really close between the two. I mean, I think from, you know, just based on what we see now, uh, her best stats, Steph being 523, um, I think a lot of people will see that as a clear favorite. But what we've seen from Julie Williams has been really, really good. And, you know, again, uh, I mean, you could call me a USAPL elitist. I don't care at this point. I've been labeled that so many times already where it's, you know, uh, just another identity for me. But her competing in the USAPL, she does have those advantages that she can utilize at this meet. So I, I, I think I think Julia might be my favorite here. I agree. She's obviously I don't know what she's going to be able to weigh in at with twenty four hours. She might be able to weigh in less. She gets a deadlift bar, but this is where I'm going to disagree. Not because I don't think Julia can win. But Steph has been in some battles before. She's been in some really big meets. Very good point. 
She's already done this where Julia were speculative of her hitting these numbers. It looks like she can, but literally, Steph, we're pretty much projecting her to chip what she's already done in a big meet on mm-hmm. a big stage in the same conditions. If Julia wins, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, but I'm not going to vote against Steph when she's already done it. Yeah, seasoned veteran, seasoned veteran, been there, done that, knows how to compete. Uh, I'm not saying Julia doesn't, but Steph is probably the more seasoned of the two. And you know what? It's going to be great, especially when you get to these high-level competitions, is going to be the coaching battles that you see and the attempt selection and how that plays out. So that's going to be a real interesting thing to view when I'm there is just how the battle is going to play out from a coaching perspective as well. Are they going to make the right attempt selections? What's going to happen with the two? Uh, how close are you going to be like, just uh, studying each other and keeping track of each other throughout the meet? I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to come down to attempt selection with those two because, I mean, they're right on top of each other in the sense of kind of where they're projecting out. So whoever makes the most lists probably is going to win. And then Steph, again, that's another reason I'm going to take Steph, is she's going to have a chance to pull for it. She's going to have the last pull today, so if she wants to win, she's going to have the chance to load the bar and, and be able to go for it. Um, so, I mean, if I'm if I'm taking one through three, it looks like Steph first, Julia second, Mallory third, um, with Christina and Brittany and Landry kind of nipping at the heels of Mallory. But yeah, the, the big battle on the women's side is going to be Steph first, Julia, and that's going to be completely up for grabs. And if Julia squats the four hundred pounds that she thinks she that she's projecting. She actually would run away with it. I mean, yeah. I went conservative with 385. She seemingly says she is very confident in 400, and if she is, that she's gonna that, that's gonna put her over the edge of like a 540 dots. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see that. I guess with my top three is just obviously flip from one to two. I have Julia one, Steph two, Mallory three, and of course I would agree with you with uh, with Christina, Landry, Brittany. I mean, I'm excited to see Christina compete because you know with a 496 dots and transitioning over to raw it's going to be just an interesting thing to see but uh yeah we'll get to, i'll get to see that all fully play out in person and from the looks of it this is going to be a really great meet yeah no i mean it's gonna i mean the whole point of a lot of these we talk about these primetime meets is creating actual competition at a local level and obviously we already talked about the guys is incredible competition and then with the women, we've got some kind of sub-battles. We've got the top two. We've got that second tier with Mallory versus Christina. And then we've got a whole group of, like, four to five lifters who are going to be battling in that, like, fourth to eighth place range. So um, exactly what we want with creating competition at a local level, this satisfies that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it for our preview of the Goat Strong Hoosier Cup. That will be taking place on Saturday, so Saturday and Sunday, so make sure you guys are tuning into that. I will post a link on the bio and, of course, on my personal page where I'll probably do a live, Instagram live with you, Steve, potentially before the meet or during the meet, much like we did with uh, with some of the local meets that we've been doing. Well, we'll be, we might have to trade off because you're going to be there and I'm going to be in St. Louis. Yeah. On Sunday, I won't be. Sunday, I'll be home. Okay, I'll be sitting by the pool on Sunday, so we can do a we can do a poolside chat on Sunday. But yeah, I'll we'll maybe do a little dual one. I'll be at the uh, Al Alvarado's uh, USPA Missouri State Championship drug tested Missouri State Championship. Maybe I think that's what it is. I might be wrong on that. 
Maybe it's the Midwest champion. Uh, something, some drug tested meet in St. Louis. So I'll be there at Al's meet. You'll be with Garrett. Maybe we'll do a little Instagram live on Saturday with both of us. And then on Sunday, um, with just you out there for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, just going live for that has been a great thing. And yeah, I will be out there um, commentating the action, but also uh, giving a little two white lights presence as well. So excited for that to happen. And that is going to do it for two white lights. We'll see you guys on Wednesday with Samantha Calhoun. Get excited for that one. All right, guys. Peace.